mindfulness mode. If you have an emotional release, you feel the endorphins too. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome to the show today. Today we're going to talk about getting organized and we're going to talk with a professional organizer who works in the Denver area. And this person helps people release the incredible amount of creativity and energy that is tied up in unnecessary clutter. I find that in itself to be really interesting. And she says, whether physical, mental, or professional, Clutter takes up space in our psyche and calendars that could be put to more productive and creative use. So let's talk about our decluttering journey. We'll talk about my journey. We'll be uh, talking about a lot of aspects of your journey, Mindful Tribe. So I'm really excited to tell you that I'm here with Connie Ellison. Connie, are you in mindfulness mode today? Yes, <laughs> of course, Bruce, always. <laughs> and, and I'm sure you're in decluttering mode as well. It sounds like you're in that quite a bit. It's my favorite. <laughs> so what does mindfulness mean to you, Connie? It means, well, for me, it's getting getting stuff out of the way, not just in your head, but also in your in your possessions and your physical body. It's It's all kinds of ways to basically get out of your own way. And... Right. Not my number one rule that I talk about in my book is first declutter the guilts. So it's about getting rid of the judgment that you have about how how could you have gotten to this point or you know what's wrong with me? Why why am I here? Why do I have such a mess? So okay, I can identify with that right away. <laughs> <laughs> that guilt, that judgment. Wow. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned your book, and your book is called Clear the Space feel the rush and uh yeah i want to feel that rush <laughs> i've probably felt it a few times but not enough and right. so let's talk about the guilt let's talk about this feeling that you know this is about us and about something that is wrong with us so what how did you figure this out and how do you help people with this well the human condition is it's somewhat instinctive to being in default mode of something's wrong with me, or I need to look out, make sure something, whatever I can correct about myself is corrected. And it, I think it goes back to the cave person days where if you weren't accepted by everybody, then, then you might end up dying. So it feels, you know, it feels really stressful. It feels like bone deep. And, yeah. and so that's, that's the way lots of things are in our life. And, most of it isn't really that traumatic. It's not really, you know, the stakes aren't that high, but but our neurosystem, neurological system doesn't hasn't caught up yet. It doesn't know <laughs> that things have changed. So how do we get through this, this guilt? I have stuff that I'm sitting right here looking at that I know I need to get rid of. And yet I'm like, oh, that part of my life, I don't know that I can let this go yet. Mm -hmm. This kind of thing. Yes. Well, my, my tagline is non-judgmental decluttering and organizing. So when a, most people, like when they start to declutter an area, they'll have their boxes of, I'm going to donate this. I'm going to give this away. I'm going to get this back to the other part of the house where it really goes or whatever. And I say, it's great to add one more box, which is, I don't know, because the kind of, the kind of questions that you're talking about, the dilemmas 
of should I let go of this thing, which is such a big part of my life or has been in the past? And then if you can't decide quickly and easily, then you just get really bogged down and then you feel even worse. Yeah. So having that one extra box just helps things get started. Most of us have felt that rush of decluttering, even if it's something small like your glove compartment in your car, you kind of tidy it up and you feel better. That's that's the endorphins in your body that rise up when you just feel better. It's the same as pain-killing chemicals, such as when you're when you eat something spicy and your brain thinks you're getting burned, so it releases endorphins to kill the pain. And you go, Oh, that's some good, that's some good chili. And you just feel better a few minutes later. And it's I kind of liken it to the energy of feng, what feng shui tells us is all tied up in our belongings that have been stuck for a long time. No energy can go around them very well or underneath or whatever. It can't flow through through your room freely. So you feel that stuckness. And when you release it, it's it it impacts your body. And oddly enough, what feng shui tells us about how things impact us is almost the same as what quantum physics tells tells us about everything everything that's around us is impacting us to some extent and of course that that always depends on the person too some people are much more bothered by it than others so you have to take that into consideration especially if you live with other people some some may be less bothered than you are I loved how much fun your book is to read. And, you know, I, I, I like the light tone of it and just how it didn't make me feel guilty as I read it about the mess and the stuff that I needed to right. clutter. It, it, gave, it felt like it was giving me permission. And right. then I love the stories that you yeah. told in the book. Can you tell us a story? It doesn't matter whether it's in the book or not, but tell us, because you're obviously such a great storyteller. I'd love oh. to hear a story. Thank you, Bruce. You're just like, bring it on. That's the best thing I've heard so far. But <laughs> <laughs> it made you laugh because I, I tried to make it, most of us get really bogged down in how serious we feel about all these things. And it's it's kind of a life and death matter in our, in our heads or our, in our bodies, basically. It's not really in our heads because our heads are like, what are you talking about? But one really sweet story was I helped a family that had quite a bit of stuff stashed in the basement and it was just kind of helter skelter. So I don't know that we even really got rid of very much stuff. We just organized it better. Yeah. And their son who was 10 years old came down and said, mom, now we could play down here better. And it just touched my heart that he could, you know, immediately feel that, that just uh, release and, and relaxation of not having all these little things pulling at you and saying, give me some attention, give me some attention. But I do try to make it comical as much as I can. And that's because I think it's it's not as serious as we think it is. Yeah, and well, tell us how creativity ties in with this whole thing. Again, that's that depends a lot on each person. And there's there was one study that I mentioned in the book called, I don't know what it's called, it's from the U, UCLA. And they, they realized from their studies that men in general and older teenagers, they kind of like having their things around them. It makes them feel more powerful or more safe or something. Mm -hmm. And women are the ones, because we're more out, outward focused, we take in information from all over the place. And men in general 
can be more focused on just what's in front of them and not be as bugged by stuff. For me, if I'm trying to do something difficult or creative, I, I'm almost paralyzed by a bunch of stuff in my peripheral vision. So it really slows me down. And, and it's just it's just a matter of respecting yourself and what works for you. Uh, my, my big dream is to have my office with nothing in it except the things that I use every day or at most once a week. Anything else would be completely in another room or just completely out of sight. Let's talk about health challenges and how that is related to decluttering. Can you okay. fill us in on that? Health, yes, it's, it's, it's a matter of how much stress it causes you. If you, if you look around a room, like if you think about a, a, um, a, a room that's in a model home, for example, it's always completely perfect. Yeah. And even six items out of place can, can sort of make a room look cluttered. It doesn't look as perfect, but yeah. it just depends on how, what, what your visual field is as far as um, the stress that it brings to you. It brings up cortisol. If it does stress you out, it's cortisol. And that is the, the fight or flight hormone that shuts down your brain <laughs> and gets you into action to get, get the heck out of there. So you're trying to sit there and do something creative that may involve your brain to quite an extent. And you can't do it because the cortisol is making it difficult. It it also leads to many different diseases to have too much stress all the time. And I and I'm going to be the first to say that stress is not all bad. In fact, one of my favorite books by Sean Acor said it was called The Happiness Advantage. And he said there's just as much research that stress can be beneficial as as detrimental. And so one of the favorite uh, projects that he did or research projects with a group of 280 or so middle managers in a company, half of them were shown a 10 minute video on bad effects of stress. And the other half were shown a 10 minute video on how stress can be beneficial. Like it focuses you and people actually get well faster from, from say a knee surgery if they had a little bit of stress before that. And so two, like a week or so later, the amount of absenteeism in the group that had seen the video about how stress can be beneficial, it was down by like 25%. Cool. And the, the complaints that people would have, like headaches and so forth, just that idea that stress could be actually good for you in some situations was good for their health. So anything that you can do to make your make your environment more beneficial or make yourself more open-minded or more accepting of yourself is going to improve your output and make you happier too. And happiness kind of leads directly to better health. Yeah. And I just liked so much how it felt like I needed to clean out a room, but I'm sitting down to read your book and now I've got a really good friend to help me because that was the tone of your book. It was very relaxing and reassuring and motivating too. Great. So, well, yeah, you. have you had that feedback from other people? Well, yeah, certain people will say this and, you know, everybody gets caught up in a certain reaction to this or that thing. But the, the thing I tried to do is if you can find some overwhelming motivation that that catches your eye and it's kind of like a, 
a standard in front of you. You know, it's like the charge, leading the charge. Then you can focus on it much better. But I have mm -hmm. had, yeah, several people say joyfully written and and very encouraging. That's what yeah. I tried to be, encouraging yeah. rather than finger pointing. Yeah, for sure. Well, what would you say if one of my listeners, one of my Mindful Tribe listeners uh, said to you, well, gee, I don't know if you can help me because I'm a hoarder. What would mm -hmm. you say to that person? Well, it's it's a, I've had people say I'm a hoarder and then you get to their house and it's, there's 25 things out of place. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and then I've had others who, who actually were hoarders and with them, like I'm not qualified to work with those kind of people. And it's a, it's an obsessive compulsive disorder. Right. So it's not just, I'm not going to solve that problem with my book yeah. unless someone and someone it's, it's like they see things differently. Their brain sees things differently. I met a woman once who hadn't been a hoarder and then some traumatic things happened to her. And, and then all of a sudden she didn't feel safe unless all her walls were covered with something, whether it was a, a painting or, or calendars, pictures or whatever. Mm -hmm. And just for a moment, I could say, you know, if I didn't feel safe seeing blank wall, I could understand this just for a second. But most of us, we can't wrap our, our minds around it. The best we can do is to lean towards safety, like getting getting paths open up so they can move through their house without hurting themselves or falling or whatever. There are people that are trained to work with hoarders. And I would that's what I would do. I would refer them to someone, someone that did that. Right, right. Well, I'm just wondering, is this your first book? Because you seem to have a very natural way of writing that was easy to read. Do you love, have you always loved to write? Well, I hated it in college and high school because it was very perfectionist. It had to be like perfect each line. I hated editing, going back and rewriting. But then some somewhere along the way, I read a book or an article about writing fast mm -hmm. and it changed how I did everything but it's actually my fourth book my okay. my first one was about baby names or about ethnic baby names from different countries mm -hmm. and it's it's even still in print as an ebook it's got a different huh? different name now but it's still there it's got names from 50 countries arranged by country cool and immigration from each one history and then then i wrote two books about xeriscape which is low water landscaping so oh. it's it's about conservation and design and trying to make a beautiful landscape without a lot of grass and water where I, I live. It's, it's kind of a big problem. So. Yeah, I suppose you'd use a lot of stones and rocks and things like that. I'm guessing. You can, but you can also, there's, there's hundreds of perennials and shrubs. A shrub bed is actually one of the least water using and the least maintenance ways to treat a landscape. So there's lots of different ways to do it. And I try to show that it doesn't just have to be rocks and cactus. Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's interesting. Well, I really enjoyed the book a lot, and uh, I like the stories and the tone of the book. One of the things I do is I've worked in the field of bullying prevention for a long time, and I like to ask my guests whether they have a story about bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference, because I think there is a, a connection there. Do you think there's some kind of connection, or do you have a story where you know you could share with us that does have a connection mm -hmm. it was it was actually a little bit more the other way around mm -hmm. i i was bullied by a 
uh, an addicted housemate. He was addicted to alcohol. And when he when he came home under the influence, he was he would say these things like, Connie, you moron, Earth to Connie. And I used to be very sensitive. Like you could, it didn't take anything to hurt my feelings. So yeah. I'd be like, I wonder if I really am. Am I really like stupid or am I, you know, not cool? And then one day he came home and he said such a nasty, mean, untrue thing to me that I went, you're an idiot. <laughs> you have <laughs> yep. no idea what you're talking about. I don't really need to listen to anything you ever say again when you're under the influence. He was a reasonable person like most most addicts are when they're not under the influence. But right. that was a turning point in my life. Well, I just kind of was kind of able to switch from what's going on for you and what's what's true about me. They may they may have absolutely nothing to do with each other. So now you can say almost anything to me and I'll just be like, you're stupid. <laughs> or my favorite line is it sucks to be you. But <laughs> I just say that in my head, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm curious. You know, I know a lot of people that uh, publish books or they have something that's for the good of the people, a lot of times they have haters out there that say nasty things, just like you're describing with this individual. Have you had this kind of thing regarding your book and what you do? And if so, how have you dealt with it? I I had just one young kid that got on. I've been making a lot of TikTok videos about my book, which is kind of like my my dream life is to spend a lot of time doing videos. Mm -hmm. I I actually, when I started writing this book, I had my my regular career is engineering and i'd been laid off four times in six years because the building market that i'm tied to was up and down up and down mm -hmm. that's when i decided i should try organizing and then gradually the engineering came back up so i'm i'm doing more of that than organizing but i yeah this kid made some nasty comment and i just ignored it a friend of mine tried to defend me and then it, it just got worse so i said ignore it and then a few a couple of weeks later, I just deleted it. So it didn't show up again because he'd already lost interest. Sure. But I had an interesting person uh, made a review. 80% of what she said was positive, and, but she gave me a two-star review. And I'm like, interesting. <laughs> People are just so interesting. They are. So, and I saw that review and I thought, well, that's strange because that yeah. person sounded like they really valued your book, really liked your book, and there wasn't much criticism. And then pow, a two star. Yeah, I saw that. So I've, I've realized that people are very different in what they, you know, in their grading systems, basically. Yes. If yeah. it's, I kind of saw that in my engineering work. At one point, I worked in an office where there were a lot of perfectionists there. And I didn't quite fit the mode because I'm more creative. So they they kind of despised me, but I'm just like, too bad for you. <laughs> That's your problem. And yeah. and I learned that, I mean, it's a good thing that most engineers and drafters and all that are very meticulous and detail oriented. We need people like that who are interested in making sure there aren't any mistakes, but I don't have to live my life, you know, worrying about their point of view at all. Right. True. So there have been so many more people that have said nice things that it's encouraging. 
And I, one of my things I like to talk about is finding heroes. If there's something that you're afraid of, like for me, I, I don't fly that often. So when I do, I get a little nervous about turbulence and stuff. And I just keep my eye on the flight attendants because they're like, they do it every day or whatever. And so I'm like, okay, <laughs> if you guys can do it, I can. So I just try to look, look for, for heroes too and keeping myself grounded so to speak and and there's a there's a woman who was who's on TikTok who's a famous uh British author and one of her like on TikTok you pin two or three of your favorites to the top and so that's what people would always see if they looked at your page one of them was whenever i get discouraged i i try to remember who i'm doing this for and she gets this like dreamy look in her eye and she said it's because sandra from billingsgate can give me a one-star review because she bought my book by accident and doesn't know how to return it. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. So, so sometimes that's just how relevant whatever they're saying is. It, it's not relevant at all. Exactly. Or, or like the woman who had these glowing things, but then, then a two-star review. So, yep. Yeah. So maybe to her, two stars is really a high rating. Like who knows? <laughs> Everybody's different, like you said. <laughs> I like that story. I, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you, Connie, five quick answer questions. So just 30 okay. second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence in your life? I would say the best one is Michael Neal. He wrote a book called uh, Creating the Impossible. That's one of his books. Uh, and he really talks a lot about how we spend most of our lives being buffeted about by our thoughts. And we'll have thousands and thousands of thoughts a day. Most of them are negative. So, so it's really just a stream of thoughts all the time. And if we get hooked into one or two and just kind of like, it isn't, he says, it isn't the first time you have this thought or, the, or even the 50th time, it's the 500th time around and around and around in your brain that causes damage. But but if you just kind of watch it go on back out the door, it will. And and so I even I did one TikTok about that that was like I thought sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm just so worried about the economy and I might lose my job or whatever. And then I think, oh, I could have pancakes today. And so you just kind of like let it go. And sometimes I have a rule when I'm uh, very upset about things and you start thinking about all the negative things, you just go down that stupid path. Then I say, Connie, you are not allowed to think right now. So do not. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. By the way, how do we find you on TikTok? Just it's under clear the space, the okay. title of the book. Yeah. Just all run together. And my name is on there too. Connie okay. Ellison. Yeah. Well, we'll find you on there. My next question is about this. Your, it's about uh, your emotions and how uh, how have your emotions changed or how you deal with your emotions have changed as a result of mindfulness? Part of it is just maturity as as we get older and, and we we realize we've been through so many emotions in the past. And, and when we're going through them, it feels like this is it. I'm never going to get out of this. One of my favorite little meditations, and I, I say it's one of the two most powerful techniques that I talk about in my book, is the do nothing meditation, 
where you just sit for 10 minutes and you don't do anything. You're not thinking or planning or meditating or praying. You're just sitting there getting bored with yourself. And it brings you right into the moment. It lets all those emotions just kind of trickle away. And then amazing things come into your head too, ideas, insights. So it's it's just practice over the years and and realizing that we we survive pretty much 100% of our emotions. So when we get older, we kind of remember that every once in a while. Yeah, it's important to remember that for sure. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about breathing. And if you have any suggestions or thoughts on the topic of breathing. That's that's not one that I go into a whole lot, but I, I go to yoga regularly. So I get lots of lots of suggestions there. And I and I do, you know, even my little my little granddaughter's being taught by her mom, take a deep breath. And she'll say that to me sometimes too. <laughs> <laughs> or to her mom when her mom's getting upset. Take a deep breath, mom. So yeah, it's it's amazing how much even just two or three deep breaths. From what I understand, that just that much will change your body chemistry and calm you down a little bit. So yeah, totally. That's the easiest one you could do. Well, you've mentioned two books already on the interview because I was going to ask you about a book related to mindfulness. You've mentioned The Happiness Advantage by Sean Acor, and you mentioned uh, Creating the Impossible by Michael uh, Neal. Are those the two books, or do you have anything else you want to mention? Yeah, there's one more author, Oliver Berkman. He wrote okay. one book recently called um, 4,000 Weeks. Oh. It's called Time Management for Mortals. Because he says most of us live as though we think we have 8,000 weeks. 4,000 weeks is about 80 years. And basically his premise is just go ahead and get started. <laughs> You're not going to learn enough to be perfect at it. Before you start something, you're better off just going ahead and get start, getting started. And I, I recently discovered he'd written an earlier book called The Antidote, Happiness for People Who Can't Stand Positive Thinking. And in there, he talks a lot about stoicism, which I never understood is actually just accepting things as they come without fighting them without. That's one of my big themes in my book is the longer you resist something, the more it's likely to stick with you. Mm -hmm. So I didn't realize that that's exactly what stoics do. They they attempt to live where they're accepting things rather than fighting them. So I'm like, I guess I'm a stoic. Because that's that's how I've tried to move towards. Right. Very good. Any apps that you would recommend that are related to mindfulness or to staying organized? Okay. Well, the other the other technique that's my favorite for any kind of health, either physical or emotional challenge, is tapping. Emo emotional freedom technique. Yep. They, they have an app like daily you can go on, and even they even have a, a page on TikTok where they have these one minute tapping uh, scenes where you can look at some topic or other and it will help you with with whatever is bugging you at the moment. But they also have a, a tap, an app for tapping. Mm -hmm. I, I believe it's called the Tapping Solution app. Cool. Yeah, we'll put all this in our show notes at mindfulnessmode.com, Mindful Tribe, so check that out. And as we wrap up the interview, do you have any final words of advice, Connie, for our listeners? Well, we haven't talked much about decluttering, but but it's um, it's very worth it. All of this 
this endorphin stuff that you bring up, I realized you get that from decluttering your body too. When you go for a you know, walk, 30 minute walk, you feel the endorphins. If you have an emotional release, you feel the endorphins too. Even simple, like you're upset and you cry about something, then you feel better. And yeah. that just that right there is going to improve your health. So it's, it's all good. But the main thing is just being happy. You don't even have to declutter. You just have to figure out, I'm going to be happy. Yeah. Whether there's stuff or not. Yeah. Just right. be happy. True. Uh -huh. And your website is clearthespace.com. We can right. find you on TikTok under Clear the Space. And your book is called Clear the Space, Feel the Rush. Mm -hmm. And that's worth it to feel the rush. That's for sure. So thank you so much for all the insight you've shared with us here on Mindfulness Mode, Connie. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Bruce. I appreciate all your kind compliments, too. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. Great to have you here. All the best to you. Bye now. Bye-bye. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for checking out the show again today. Wasn't Connie fascinating? Great to get things decluttered. And it is a rush that you feel when you get things decluttered, isn't it? Well, check out Connie's TikTok channel. Like she said, clear the space is how you find her. And check out my TikTok channel as well, Mindfulness Mode. And it would be just awesome if you checked out some of the different videos I've put up there and and uh, liked them or left comments and do the same for Connie. That would be awesome. So anyway, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode. <laughs>